Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome back to Bring on the Weird. You're Elijah. That's me, you're Will. That's me. Okie dokie. We're getting deep into this one. Eh, kind of deep. I don't know. Are we? Probably not. Because my man, Eddie Joey, uh, I don't know how to take him. <laughs> Eddie Joey. <laughs> he's a strange cat. He's he's a different kind of dude. He's really only, what, like seven months younger than me in all reality. I was born November 82. He was born June 83. Right, yeah. But he just had a different kind of upbringing. Yeah, I mean, his dad, was his dad in the military? I think so, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so, or he worked for the military. Right. Oh, I think he was. I think his dad and his grandfather and all, I think they were all military men. Like his whole military family. Yeah, his dad also brought, like, stuff home with him. Oh, right, right, right. And that's when he first saw the, uh, what was it, the Commodore? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, that would be a crazy thing to see, right? Like, one of the first ones ever. Yeah. And then he immediately, well, according to his book, uh, Permanent Record, he immediately got into it. Yeah. I mean, playing games and, and, I don't know, he wasn't quite programming, according to that story, when he first got the Commodore. No, he was playing with the Nintendo, right? And he went to take the Nintendo apart, and that's when his dad took him to work. Right, yeah. Yeah, he said he tried to put it back together. He pushed one side down, the other side would bulge up because he <laughs> didn't put it all together right. We've all done that, right? I mean, I, oh, yeah. I know I've taken, when I was younger, I took something apart. I'm like, all right, I fixed it. Got to put it back together, and it's like, all right, well. Nope. I'm, I'm missing two screws. I don't know where they went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now it doesn't come on. And for some reason, it's starting to smoke. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tell it to quit. Yeah. Va- vaping's no good either. <laughs> Slap a nicotine patch on it. Stop smoking. <laughs> well, hey, what are you drinking? I got a Golden Monkey by Victory. Ooh. Yesterday, or, well, they didn't know it was yesterday. But <laughs> In real time. <laughs> yeah. I had a Sour Monkey. Now today, I'm going Golden Monkey. I'm back to my Peach Jim Beam. That my wonderful wife got me. Well, I was, boy, I was you thinking are you were like buttering her. Do what? You are buttering her up. <laughs> Does she even listen? No. Well, then you can say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> She's only one room away. Calm down. <laughs> I was I was thinking yesterday you made a comment that I had not just a couple of fingers but a whole fist. But 
I use a an ice sphere. Mm-hmm. So all the all the stuff goes around the sphere. So I just let the sphere float, and then then that's enough. Yeah, the ice the ice sphere. That's hard for me to say. I know, right? It's a nice item. Oh yeah, ice sphere. The sphere mold. I I feel like I have like a a list when I try to say it. Ice sphere. I. You, you know another thing I can't say. I know off topic. I can say it if I go that's disgusting. I I can say. But if I try to say it in a normal pace, like a normal human, it comes out that's disgusting. That's is. <laughs> I I can't do it. It's all one. Yeah, that's disgusting. I totally get it. There's there's a couple words, a couple phrases that you got to slow down if you're going to say them correctly. I just don't say it. I say that's <laughs> gross. I mean, you could also take the Porky Pig route and just completely avoid it and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Edward Joseph Snowden. The man. That's, what talk- that's who we're talking about. Yeah, he brought all this news to us, man. Ooh. I don't I don't even know where my final th- thoughts are yet. I haven't even got there, and that's going to be at the end of the episode, obviously, but I don't know. There's a whole <laughs> lot of 51 shades of gray. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, but we figured why not do Snowden, right? He got the, yeah. He's got the new book out. He was just on Rogan. Sure, why not? We're then podcast time where this one is already post-Halloween, so we're out of October, but we're yeah. actually recording it before Halloween. <laughs> time traveling. Time travel. It's not just for Michael McIntosh, who has 50 damn Twitters, who keep he keeps following us on all these different Twitter accounts. Future President 2024, 2056, 2060. Dude. <laughs> he might be telling the truth. All 15 of his <laughs> Twitter accounts. Maybe. <laughs> He's really got to get the word out. I guess. But anyway, Edward Joseph Snowden, taking up part in Nintendo's. Yeah, I took a part in Nintendo 64 controls. It was probably one of my first... No, I took stuff apart before that, but that was just a look at it. But yeah. I took stuff... I took the Nintendo 64 controls apart to repair them. And the control stick, all the goodies inside the control stick, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's a shocker, because I took apart... I don't remember if it was a PlayStation or an Xbox. The 360 or the PS3. I don't remember which controller it was. But I took it apart, and when I saw the joystick... I said, all right, this, this is broken. I threw it in. <laughs> I didn't even, it's Frozen. Too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> so you just went out and bought a new one. Yeah. Why not? You didn't have any... Well, I, you you could have kept it for parts, maybe. Cause that's, that's one thing I did, because inside the control stick is where all most of the brains live for the control. So the wire comes out, and the end of the wire that connects to the 64 matches the color of the control. So I'm like, oh, interesting. So, after I was successful the one time, I'm like, oh man, I'll just switch the backs around, I'll switch this and that around. So I had a one that plugged in with a gray end on the 64, but the front of it was black and the back of it was blue. And another one that was green and black and it had a <laughs> green cord to plug in. I got crazy. But I did not do anything like young Mr. Snowden. I'm going on young. <laughs> He's younger than me. He's older than me. So, I mean, we both listened to his book. Yeah. Did you finish it? I didn't finish it. No. And at this point, I'm probably not going to. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, I mean, we kind of know what happened. Yeah. It just, I didn't, a lot of it is just like memoir stuff. Him yeah. 
growing up. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a lot more um, of him uncovering the secrets. Right. But I think he either – well, he either said it at the beginning of the book or he said it on Rogan that he is not out to actually tell things himself. He's leaving that up to the journalist. Yeah. And apparently only the journalist, whoever he revealed that stuff to, only they know how much he actually divulged to them. Because yeah. it could be a little or it could be a metric fuckton of information on whatever he pulled out of NSA and CIA documents. Yeah, and he said he wasn't even going to give all the info. Like, he right. found stuff that he thinks should stay secret. I got – I don't know how to feel that, about huh? that. Yeah, I don't – is he just trying to – lighten his was it right or was it wrong is he trying to lighten his the perception from the from the u.s government on him is he trying to look like the hero he's got all this information but it's like man i'm not gonna tell anybody yeah go me i don't i don't think that i don't i don't think he's trying that i mean i see what you're saying but because of what he's being charged under he gets charged he gets a sentence per document oh so really they, i mean he's yeah so he's already given n- numerous documents so just saying oh i could have given more but i didn't is not going to lighten his sentence because he, he gets charged per document and it's known that he did it whoa so i didn't maybe, realize it was charged maybe, per document that's that's insane it, yeah you know what i'm i'm almost positive don't quote me on that quite yet yeah, that's right. He 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 would get charged per document that he leaked. Holy crap! Should we say how he got to the capacity to be able to do that? Sure. I, I have mean, a timeline of him somewhere. You do have a timeline. Yeah, but I wanted to go back a little bit further. Okay, so June twenty first, nineteen eighty three, is when he was born. Um, between the eighties and nineties, his family moved to North Carolina, and then I. Th- think his parents got a divorce and that's when mom moved the kids to maryland mm-hmm. and then he attended crofton woods elementary school then crofton middle and then <laughs> he went to arundel high school for one and a half years before he's like nah, i'm too smart for all these idiots uh that's when he got his nintendo and his or no that's, i think that's when he had his legit computer more than a Commodore 64, and that's all he wanted to do was just play games on there. Yeah. Oh, uh, 1998, he attends his first semester of 10th grade, but drops out before continuing to the second semester. And that's, I'm pretty sure that was in the book. He got mono. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that took him out of school for four months. That's because he's out there kissing all the girls. No, he wasn't. He's a nerd. Hey, what <laughs> if he listens to this? It's all right. I think he. I think he's okay with being a nerd. Also, I don't think he could get to us anyway. <laughs> no, I He'd mean, just send us like nasty reviews on iTunes. I think this to... podcast sucks. <laughs> you have to take his uh, rotary phone that he's hanging out with in Russia because he doesn't want any kind of data. <laughs> yeah, it, that's how he fun. dials up to get to <laughs> to get to whatever internet. I mean. If dude wanted to find us, he could probably find us. Even being over there and yeah, he's he's skilled enough with his rotary phone. Yeah. <laughs> what are you sending a text? Are you dialing? What are you doing? Are you searching Facebook like that? 
I don't want to jump too far ahead, but he did say that he uses like a laptop or a desktop most of the time now. Okay. Because the NSA is more focused on mobile at this time. So they're because... more focused on watching what you do on your phone because a lot of people don't have a laptop or a desktop or anything like that anymore. Right. Because you can do pretty much everything you want on your phone, which yeah. according to old Edward Snowden, and I'm I'm totally on board with well, – I completely believe what he had to say about that. It, I mean they're essentially tracking devices. Your cell yeah. phone is a tracking device. It's got that MEI number, I-M-E-I number, M-E-I-D number, whatever it is. All they have to do is just look for your name, and then they'll find – that number, because you're probably in some kind of database, you're definitely in a database with some sort of cell phone attached to you. Wouldn't be hard to track the, what, a handful, four, five, six different phone companies to your name, your address, your social security number. Then they'll find that MEID number, and then basically all they have to do is just, hey, <laughs> we're here to get you. Yeah. It, not even, I mean, they can do it even without get finding out your carrier and all that because they can find out the area you're in like if you're on the run and you have and you're going through north carolina all they do is look up that uh what is it imei number yeah yeah. they look that up see what cell tower around it's (laughs) recently connected to boom they know they know you're I, i don't know in fayetteville or whatever that blows my mind they know you're i mean Remember I told you, I sent you a text and said uh, I saw a meme or something. It, it was something that said years and years ago people were concerned about the government bugging their homes, and now yeah. we're paying for it. <laughs> now we're open – we're paying these companies to bug our homes. We have well, it's Alexa. Not even, it's not even just our homes. We carry the tracking device around with us. Yeah. Unbelievable. We carry the They're recording device. <laughs> yes. They're always listening because they – cannot tell me that it's not until i say hey siri because when i say that how is it listening right it's already listening that's yeah, why it has to be listening for that phrase that's why the tv uh, sure we have we have a google home and that's why the tv if a commercial comes on or something it can just say the commercial can just say it the the word hey google it'll be like boop okay what do you want yeah and then the commercial can just do a search for you, and then suddenly Google has all this crap on you, and then <laughs> you fire up your computer or your phone that has your Google account attached to it, and then boom, there's an ad for the thing that was just on TV. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can have my phone in my pot or just on a counter. I ask the kids, hey, you want some cereal? Because it is almost like Siri, it goes, yep, hey, <laughs> what do you want? I said, no, bitch, I said cereal. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But you can't live without them. I know. That's that's another issue. They have made it so – I don't know. I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg in this situation. Who made it so that we cannot live without it? We have the Facebook. Everybody's like, oh, my God, i got to be connected to everybody all the time. But then we have this mentality where we have to connect to people. It's And then they've made it super-duper easy. They made the user interfaces super easy so we can connect to everybody, Twitter, Facebook, even just Gmail, email, texting even. It's so easy to connect to everybody with this thing in your pocket, and then the government's like, well, 
we'll, we'll just go ahead and track it. No big deal. Yeah. Or did I don't know? Like the phone I started with, I think was singular. And, singular. Yeah. That name. And I honestly do not know if there was a MEID number at that point. Well, that was that was straight up texting, and then it was just cell phone. And then you got charged for your per text. <laughs> right. Outrageous. 50 text messages. That was it. And then they went unlimited text messages. Oh, my God. That's I need that. Dude, when they went <laughs> unlimited text. I remember my first phone. I don't remember the number, but it was the Nokia one, the one that everybody had where you could change the f- faceplate. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. It was that one. And my girlfriend at the time, I don't know how old I was, 15 maybe. I talked to her on the phone. I don't know. Just obscene amount of minutes <laughs> and my dad got that bill because if we didn't have unlimited minutes and he said oh, oh, oh. like he lost his mind because the bill was over five hundred dollars oh my god i went over i went over i don't remember what our minute limit was but i went 1500 minutes over the limit <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's a lot of minutes over yeah buddy i wonder if they were tracking them then that's what i wonder but you could you could take I the guess, batteries out then. Ah, see, that's that's what Snowden did say. You could yeah. take if you could take the battery out, then there's no there's no power. It's not getting anything. Right. But now they're all all phones. Pretty much any modern smartphone is a closed back. Do you think that's on purpose for that purpose? That's been running around my head as soon I, as he said that. Yeah, I, I didn't think that until he said that. And I'm like, my God, if they're tracking us, they're probably getting in with the the phone manufacturers. Oh, yeah. And they're saying, hey, enclose them. Say it's for waterproofing. And yeah, they can never technically turn them off. Think they're off. Right. But they're not really. No. And the screen is off, but it's still listening. Everything is still running. Facebook is still happening. If I turn my phone on now, if I just turn the screen on... There's probably going to be something from Twitter, or there's going to be an email that pops up. There's always something running. Yeah, Snowden was saying the same thing. He, that's what he was saying. Like, you have all this stuff running in the background, constantly communicating. Yeah. That you're not even aware of. No. That's how you get notifications. Exactly. Because it's, it's always thinking. It's always pinging the network and, and yeah. just checking the time and... Checking messages, it's constantly something. Even so, time, yeah, I forgot about the time thing. <laughs> like it's it's unbelievable. It's a wild thing to think about, but I don't know if they've made it or if our mentality's made it, but we are in such a state of inseparability from our devices that uh, you wouldn't know what to do without it. Mm-hmm. The world was fine before, but there's a lot less payphones out there now. People literally have anxiety about not having their phone. I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. Because <laughs> if I went, I don't know, I won't even go in the gym without having my phone on me. Right. Exactly. Even though I have the Apple Watch that, you know, you don't that. need to take your phone. <laughs> but I still have it all with me. So I have an Apple Watch. I have my iPhone. I got it all. They're right. tracking me. No matter what I do. Exactly. But what are you going to do? I'm, I have no – I freaking love America, so there, I have no reason 
I don't have anything on anybody to do anything. So, I mean, you uh, might now after this podcast, they might start tracking us. Not not just this episode, but the podcast. You know, just from like we were saying earlier that most people don't use laptops or computers or whatever anymore. They just do it on their phone. Yeah. But we do our research on the computer. Just it's easier. Oh yeah, I think so. Like. Yeah, I can't research on my phone all day. I'd go crazy. I'd go cross-eyed. <laughs> but just all the crazy searches we put in, I yeah. imagine it's lighting up, like, <laughs> going crazy at the NSA. Like, well, 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 Elijah, 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 get, check him, check him, check him, check him, check him. Something flashes every time we say the, say the letters. NSA, boop, boop, CIA, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, just a strobe light in there. <laughs> Because it's just blinking constantly so fast. <laughs> hey, man, if they're going to bring our numbers up and they're going to listen to those ads, you got it, FBI guy. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Give us yeah. some listens. <laughs> that's fine. If you think you got to go listen to all of them, I mean, that's all right. It's uh, anchor.fm slash bring on the weird if you're... Well, they you're already give know, Will. They know. already know. They already know what you had for lunch. I made that pizza myself, goddammit. Did you? They should be proud. There's an FBI guy saying, we are proud of his pizza skills, boy. It's because they saw it. Because you pulled the pizza out of the oven. You're waiting for it to cool down just a little bit. You pulled out your phone to see, to check your notification or to see if you got any notifications. Boom, that camera is facing right there. (laughs) You didn't even realize they're snapping pictures of everything. Oh, yeah. And I get a notification from FBI guy. That's a good looking pizza. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to send that. Uh." He meant to send it to Frank, the next cubicle over. He actually sent it to you. He's like, delete, delete, delete. Like, yeah, once it's on the Internet, you can't delete it. It's already gone. That's light speed, baby. That's how radio frequency works. That's how we know the time of freaking Greenwich Mean Time in a matter of seconds, milliseconds even. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, One, You know one crazy thing that Snowden said? What? He said that this all started because uh, it was over, I guess, some stalker. He kept calling a lady, calling a lady. She saw a car drive by her house really slow. She called the police. They were like, hey, can you trace this number? Do this. See if it's that guy in the car. And then they did. He got arrested, went on trial, and they said, nope, you didn't have a warrant to check his phone records. Mm Mm-hmm. But he came back and said, it's not his property. It's the phone company's property. We don't need a warrant to search his stuff. And boom, that's where it's at. The phone companies have given them permission because they don't give a shit. No, not at that point. They're like, oh, oh, the police are here? Yeah, we're going to give the police any – we're going to be fully cooperative with the police. Yeah. So Verizon or Nextel (laughs) – is Nextel still around? I don't think so. I don't know about Nextel. They've given them permission to, without warrant, search all our stuff. Yeah, it was just that inadvertent, like more, it was completely verdant, whatever. But it, it just seemed like such a innocuous thing. This lady was kind of freaked out because this dude was following her and then traced his phone number, yeah. stalking her and constantly harassing her on the phone. And, and it was him. And it was, it just blew up. Yeah. The the judge sided with the the phone company. Or the police, and there it was. And ever since then, the NSA knew they had their in. 
Yeah. Because they're not getting the records from us. They're getting no. the record from the phone company. Right. And that's not our property anymore. And how many people actually own their phone? You know, I most did. people are paying per month. Yeah. To lease the phone or rent. I guess. Yeah. Rent to buy. And then a lot of times you trade it in to get the next the next one. Right. You trade it in, I, they give you a little bit of money back. and I own mine for a little while because we had the S7s, and I had mine paid off for about a year, and then suddenly it stopped working altogether. It just went into, like, it just went into this persistent reboot mode, and I did everything I could, but my wife, she hung on to hers for nearly a year more. Wow. And it, it's still going. We just got our new one because, well, better camera, better battery. Yeah. The old one, the battery was was dying quick during the day. So we just got her a new phone. But now they're not ours yet. Yeah, so is anything on that phone yours? <laughs> is any text message yours or does it belong to the phone company until the phone – for that matter, the phone number – belongs to the phone company true so anything going through that phone number to that phone number does it belong to them and at which point the government i'm confused i'm losing my mind <laughs> you're absolutely right we're we're only leasing the number we're only borrowing the number it's not really ours so it's their property just like exactly. if you use any equipment at your place of work it's their equipment they can they can they have the capability to track all the emails. It's their equipment, so if you do something that's against the policy or whatever, then you're in a shitstorm. It's their equipment. Yeah. Um, trying to think about how I want to phrase this. Like, there was a situation. There's a situation recently where a friend of a friend of a friend, we'll say it like that, she got dismissed from work. She got fired, but she had a company phone and mm -hmm. she had been there for so long she was just comfortable with the company phone putting all of her stuff on the company phone and then she got fired so she had to turn in the company phone and she had her facebook on there messenger all that stuff and she mm -hmm. was in a group message with some of her coworkers. oh boy so the boss now had the phone and so the coworkers were still you know water cooler talk in the messenger and the messages yeah so the boss now has his phone, seeing all this water cooler talk in these messages, and then she, the boss mentioned it to one of the people that were still there. She verbatim said what this still current employee said in a conversation in the messenger, and this employee was losing her mind. Like, how did she know exactly what I said? So she finally confronted her about it, and she goes, oh, well, it's on – What's your name's phone? I still have her phone. I can see all the messages. Where, where's the? I don't know how to feel about that kind of privacy. That's some ethical. That's some dark ethical stuff there. I think if I was the boss, just my personality, I would have wiped the phone myself. I don't think I would have dug in unless there was some. I don't know if there was a crime being committed. I guess that would be one thing, but I yeah. think. If it was just a dismissal because we're trying to save money, I think I would have wiped the phone until it was needed again. This person was let go. Yes. Not fired. Let go because they're saving money. 
Yeah. Well, she she was fired. I mean. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it wasn't, I don't know. Because, I mean, if it was. She wasn't fired due to poor performance. She was just fired because they. Yeah. So if this person was fired for poor performance, I could see as the boss, maybe looking at the phone saying like, all right, well, what is this person doing? Like, instead of doing the job, like, are they, you know, I could, I could see that. But snooping to snoop? No. Just, yeah. Despicable. Yeah. Ethically wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's, that's where I'm at with that. So that's, that's something interesting to think about. I don't have a work phone, but I, I used all the work equipment at work. But like you said, with the phone company, it's not even really our phone. Right. No, nothing is ours. So could they just get into our emails if they really had a hair in their ass about it? Well, no. I, I, I guess it depends on what mail service you use. Okay. Because they don't own that server. True. You know, they yeah. don't own yeah. the Gmail server. Apple right. doesn't own that. So Apple doesn't and the uh, service provider, Verizon or whatever. Right. Right. So that's its own entity. I'm sure they could get that info. I'm sure it'd be extremely easy for them to get it. The phone company. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm sure all they have to do is ask, you know, for the info. And Google yeah. doesn't give a shit about yeah. Will or Elijah bring on the weird. They don't give a damn about us. They're yeah. going to just appease the multi-million billion dollar company. Right. They're going to appease the government. Yes. If it if it came to that, they're not gonna yes. they're not gonna go through all that red tape. Hey, can we get this information? Yes. That's it. If they said no, then the authorities would have to go through lawyers and red tape and documents and whatnot. And then the company that is has the information would then have to lawyer up, and then and it would just be a big giant battle. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just easier to say, yeah. Here you go. That's exactly it. Folks, we scary. we have no privacy anymore. None. Not not really. I mean, when do you? Uh, Literally, if you're sitting on the toilet, which I do every morning, <laughs> and I'm scrolling through Twitter or I'm playing Candy Crush, I guarantee you they could access my camera, or they can they can take a picture of me taking a dump. It's probably on file somewhere. I'm sure it is. <laughs> they and people are worried about these facial recognition apps. That doesn't matter. My yeah. iPhone unlocks with my damn face anyway. <laughs> I see, set it up. I had exactly. the option to not. Exactly. See that that's another thing. People they've made it so convenient. Like, oh my god, look at this thing. You, nobody else can open your phone, so it's gonna have to scan your face. So that you can open your phone. Oh my God! What a revelation! And then the NSA is like, <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't just—it doesn't just take like look at you through the camera. Like it's got IR. Like it can check me. It can catch me at night. <laughs> I set all this up. Right. Right. But, but I freaking love it. It's so easy. I, I know. See, see, they—they've got us. All they had to do was figure out a way to track it. And that's what our buddy Snowden did. Yeah. We it was a way off. This was supposed to be about Snowden. <laughs> we already did the second half. <laughs> <laughs> we might just have to make this something about, like, I don't know. Well, 98. We call it something different. <laughs> uh, maybe. I think so. It's just, it's such a juicy <laughs> subject. And it, like, it really gets me. 
Right, because like, there's no – you can talk about it all day, but it doesn't matter because if they want you, they will get you. If you had probably, a cell, any kind of – They're probably phone. listening to this live right now <laughs> through my phone or your phone or both or through the laptop, through my watch. Google Who Home. knows? I might have a chip in my brain. They might know before I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> they already know. Yeah, that sounded a little paranoid schizophrenic right there, but <laughs> – <clears throat> but that's that's the state we're living in. It's is it a police state? Do you, it's it's the illusion of freedom. It's the illusion of safety, or that's how they color it anyway. It's safety. It's protection. It's serving serving the world. Because I I hate the term. I hate it so much. Post the post nine eleven world. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that irks the hell out of me. What that happened when I was in college. That whole thing, but yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, it's a post nine eleven world." That's that everything we're doing now is just a reaction to that because they've, according to Snowden, they felt like they failed the NSA, CIA, FBI, military powers. They felt like they failed. So how can we make this not happen again? Well, because they were spies. <clears throat> they were spies, and they didn't prevent. You know what I mean? They were supposed to be spying on that, and they didn't, they failed at their job. They failed right. as a spy. Yeah. I, I don't – messes me up. I post, mean, the, post 9-11 world. So that's why we're tracking everybody. And he, he also said that he helped set up – I don't – I can't remember everything, timeline, and exactly how he did everything, but not everything is located in one place. It There's a cloud – but there's servers and clouds and networks and blah, blah, blah that can be accessed from anywhere in the world, and it's in multiple places. So that in case one goes down for some reason, you still access all of this stuff somewhere else. Yeah, makes sense. Like a, a backup. Yeah, it's a backup. Backup cloud, which another thing that blows my freaking mind. I can – we – our videos that we're recording, and then they I turn them into MP3s. They're anywhere from the MP3s of our episodes are like 30, 40 megs. If every person did that, holy crap, the amount of data that's associated with that. A movie, a Blu-ray is what, like 8 gigs? I honestly, I don't know. It could be upwards of 8 gigs. I think if you've got all the bells and whistles and, you know, 7.1 surround sound, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Everything's backed up someplace. That's an incredible amount of data just sitting somewhere. Plus all these phone recordings and everybody's data, just all this stuff associated with somebody. It's yeah. just sitting somewhere on a hard drive or multiple hard drives. It's definitely not a floppy disk. Nope. Nobody uses a floppy D. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> they just – they don't work anymore. Nope. <laughs> you get you get nothing out of a floppy D. <laughs> <laughs> They're three and a half. small. Not enough storage. I'm talking about storage, man. Oh, Why are you laughing? Because I was thinking about the three and a half versus five. Oh. <laughs> My laptop Ooh. doesn't even have a CD drive. See, that's that's where we're living in. Everything yeah. is straight up digital. You can't. The physical media is is on its way out. Everything is. So everything. Where's all this stuff at? It's gonna get to a point where they're gonna have to. Somehow find a way to just drop massive servers into the Mariana Trench. <laughs> it's all the way down there. That's got to come back out. Well, they'll have a like a 
I don't know, what is it, 35,000 feet down? Something like this that? Is, They'll have to have really tall antennas. Massive, it's not a skyscraper. It's an ocean scraper going down in. It's yeah. just all servers. Yeah, because they can't take up a country doing that. They'll just drop it in the trench. <laughs> the Megalodon will come out because he said, oh, shit, not that. <laughs> Bang into it. That'll be the demise of humans, the Megalodon. Because he chewed up all of our data. Start no, he, our data. he would come out of the trench. <laughs> oh, because we pissed him off with all, with all of our data. Yeah, he saw it coming. He was like, ah, I got to move. Yeah. Did you see that movie, The Meg? I did not. My daughter wants to see it. Really? So she's she says she's afraid of sharks, but she watches so, like, she brought a book of sharks home from school one day. Awesome. I said, are you afraid of them, or do you have a respect for them? I mean, there's a yeah, difference. Yeah. If you're interested in them and you respect that they can rip you to shreds, <laughs> fine. But if you're afraid of them, you're not reading a book about them. You don't want to see a movie about the biggest one ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> or does she? Know. Maybe she does. Maybe maybe she's all about all about oh, that she shark just life. Loves getting scared by mm-hmm. sharks. She's all about that shark life. She just loves oh. to get scared by sharks. Baby shark, do 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 do. No. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's stuck in my head for a week now. Damn it. Should we talk a little bit more about Snowden? Uh, I guess if you want. I mean, I think this episode went way off from what well, we wanted. Well, I guess we're not going to talk about Snowden. We're just going to talk about police states. <laughs> How uh, post-9-11 world. Man, I hate that term. I mean, it could literally just be about how we're being tracked. It could just – the whole episode could be about how the CIA – not the CIA, the NSA – or is it CIA? Probably the CIA. But yeah, he well, he was part of all of them. Yeah, like the whole episode is about how they're tracking us. And Snowden, he seems a little goofy, but he, he we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for Snowden. It's true. We, I mean, or no, we we would not have known. We would not have connected those dots without his whistleblowing. Yeah, or whoever the other Snowden, quote unquote Snowden, would be. Eventually, someone's gonna. Blow that whistle. Right. Right? Uh, I yeah. assume. So well, where, would, where would their duty be? So, yeah, some, somebody had to have done it. And somehow, he, whatever course of events led him to that, somehow he was, however he grew up, his love of the public, love of American people, whatever it was, some his course of events led him to a point where he felt like he needed to do this in the way that he did it. You and I know somebody eventually would have leaked it. Eventually, someone is going to blow the whistle. Sure. So at the time, Snowden had what he described as an excellent girlfriend. Yeah. You know, he loved her like crazy. She was always there. Like, they, like he loved her. Still does. But he took it into his own hands to leak this info, knowing that he couldn't be here anymore. If he would have just thought, like, hey— Eventually, someone's going to leak this. Like, maybe... So, if I was in his shoes, I would have thought, eventually, someone's going to leak this. I really don't want to ruin my life. Maybe I'll just tell my close loved ones, hey, like, let's take it easy with the smart... These... Or, not smartphones, not back then, but... Was it? When was this? Um, 13. Yeah. It was... So... 2013 is when... You know, we had, we had smartphones then. Yeah. Is when so, the first documents came out it was a british daily newspaper the guardian that released the first of the documents or whatever it is yeah so 
if I were in his shoes, I don't think I would have done it, man. Because I would think eventually someone else is going to come along with a lot less to lose than me who will leak this. I'll tell my close friends, my close family, let's take it easy on the internet. They're watching us. Yeah. Uh, maybe I wouldn't even say they're watching us. Because then if it, if that, you know, spreads out, rumors, it starts trickling out, then yeah, it yeah. comes back to you. But did he, did he think it would have been better? It wouldn't have been so insane on him it, since he didn't actually say things himself. He still took all this stuff, but he didn't actually leak it himself. He gave it to journalists. He gave it to mm, less biased third parties, other parties. Actually, no, because no, towards the end of the book, uh, by the end, he says he knew. Like, he even he wrote Lindsay. Lindsay was his girlfriend. Mm. Maybe he didn't write her. Oh, yeah, he wrote her a note. They were in Hawaii at the time. They were living in Hawaii because of... I guess he was working at an NSA headquarters there. And he wrote her a note. He had invited his mom out because he knew what he was going to do. Oh. And it was just Lindsay and his mom. And he knew that they would comfort each other with what he was about to do. He left her a note saying, hey, you got to go got, getting uh, sent out for work. And she, you know, she didn't know what happened to him. Yeah. But should I go with the, the ending, the happy ending? You want to save it for the second half? I mean, it's just... Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll probably forget. No, you won't. Won't let you. Okay. <laughs> Man, we've been recording for quite some time. Oh, my God. Without a without a break. We need to settle down, take ourselves a break. This this might be a an extra long episode, or it could be two shorties. We'll make a two-parter. Honestly, we could probably finish this up and not do what we talk about doing. Do you think? <laughs> With the, and, how long we've gone. And just slip in a break somewhere in there. Yeah, what do you think? Okay, let's do it. Where did Snowden... Wasn't it in Hong Kong? He he met up with the journalists in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's he, right. He, uh, that was before 13. Damn it. I yeah, because it. that's 13... June 14, 2013 is when they officially charged him. The government did. May 20th, 2013... He took a flight to Hong Kong, China, where he remained as um, remained as he orchestrated a, yeah a meeting with the journalist from the UK publication The Guardian, as well as filmmaker Laura Poitras. Okay. So, w- what's really interesting is how he got the the stuff out of the NSA. That I didn't get to that. So how how did he actually get it out? I'm he's a smart dude, so I'm sure it didn't really take. A whole lot of finagling. So they they obviously they track everything you do. Sure. So if you take a file off of the computer and put it somewhere, it tracks that you did that. Yeah. So they're gonna be like, hey, what did you do? So in one area, they had these old computers. Old, they're not being used. Nothing like that. So he was what seemed to be like a big shot, sort of. There, he wasn't like a top guy or anything like that, but he was. He was good at his job, so people didn't really question him much. So he grabbed one of the old computers, and he was seeing – he told the guards or whatever that he was trying to run certain programs on these old computers to see if they still worked. So what this this little cunning dude Mm -hmm. did, he took all those things, took them off of the computer that's being tracked, put it on the old one. They saw it, but they they didn't think anything of it. 
and then instead of using a a thumb drive because you get searched yeah. in and out, he used micro SD cards. What? Yeah, put the info on the micro SD card. He said it took like eight hours Holy to crap. download stuff to it because it was so slow. He would take off one of the cubes of the Rubik's cube, put the SD card inside of the cube, pop it back on. He was always walking around fidgeting with a Rubik's cube, and people <laughs> were like, "What? All right, this guy's he's a little weird." And then it became a like a you know like his thing. So people always knew. Hey, Eddie's got us, you know, he's always messing with the Rubik's Cube. So they never <laughs> checked it. I nice. mean, what are they, they're going to check it? Like, they're not going to know. Right. That That's, um, so he really, really thought about it. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a, he messed with them psychologically, too. Yeah, so because he, he's, he said that he would talk to the guards. He knew all the guards. He knew their different personalities. He would be, like, make friends with them. <laughs> that's slick. Yeah. He was a slick cat, too. So when he gets he goes to Hong Kong to meet the journalists, he tells them, "Look for the guy with the Rubik's cube." <laughs> yeah. So because he didn't, he said he didn't really want to use the Rubik's cube because it sort of made him stand out. Yeah. But he wanted something that would make him stand out a little bit, something a little uh, just slightly odd, something they would notice. They're not yeah. going to notice a guy who has a white ball cap on right there could be 60 of them right the guy in the the adidas jacket no every every other person has an adidas jacket yeah did you ever see the movie snowden no i'd never watched it did you yeah i did years ago and i forgot it was even a movie until he was talking in the book about him messing with the rubik's cube and i was like oh shit i I remember this, and then I remembered the movie. It had like what is it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't even know there was a movie. I, I guess I just blanked that out of my mind. Like this whistleblower, yeah. blah blah blah. Who was this guy? Whatever. Yeah, it was. That was, if I remember correctly, that was pretty good, and it seemed to be fairly accurate with what his book said. The movie. Yeah. So that, they must have. They somehow got his story. Well, Oliver Stone, he doesn't mess around. It was directed by Oliver Stone. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so he he must have gotten that full story yeah. pretty well before this book, well before this book ever came out. But that, I mean, it's not like Snowden's not telling his story. Right. So it's not like it was a secret. That's how he makes a living, doing speaking engagement. Yeah, right. What, that <clears> seems so crazy to me, but I guess, you know, whatever you got to do in Russia. I was talking to my wife. And she was like, how did he get a book published? And like, how is it for sale? Like, who published it? And I was like, yeah, it, that's a good question. Why is it for sale here? Is it free speech? Um, I think so. Free free speech, freedom of the press, that kind of thing. So, but isn't there some sort of, they're trying to, they're trying to sue him and the publisher because they didn't go through, because they are talking about these United States government agencies, those agencies wanted to have a part in what the content of the book was. So now they're suing them because they didn't they couldn't get their hands on it before it was published. Yes, that's what I got out of a conversation. Yeah, they're they're trying to sue him for all the proceeds of this memoir book. That's what half of it is, is just his life. Yeah, I mean, if honestly, it's. It's well written. So I know we've 
we keep saying like we're kind of talking bad about this book. It's well written. It just wasn't at all what I expected. No, he comes off. Um, he is an extremely intelligent guy, but he he comes off as arrogant because he's like, arrogant. I know these things, and yeah. nobody else knows these things, and I've just told everybody these things because I found out these things, and I did these things. Calm down. We get it. Yeah, you're you're a hero. You're an anti-hero. Just settle down, dude. I mean, thanks thanks for doing that. But that's I guess that's my fight is did he do it to look like a hero, look like an anti-hero, or did he was he actually doing a public service? I don't you know, I don't think he wanted to be <laughs> isolated in Russia, but that that's crazy too that Russian thing how he ended up there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't before I thought Snowden an American hero. Yeah. After I gotta be honest with you, after listening to him on Rogan and then reading his book or listening to his book, it's easier for me. Guys, I know how to read. It's just easier <laughs> for me at work to listen. I am leading more towards he wanted to be known. A little bit of narcissism in there. Yeah. There's a level And I, I could be a hundred percent wrong, but just the way the book comes off that you know a little nar- narcissistic he he wanted to he, he i don't know if he wanted to be the hero there's things it's it's a whole lot of grayness for me there's the things that sounds like he wanted to be the hero he did all these things he uh, like you said about the rubik's cube he made people familiar with the fact that he was carrying around this rubik's cube so he mm-hmm. manipulated people psychologically yeah in a way yeah. And then, and then he did all these things. So, did he want to be the hero? What exactly? What kind of outcome? It would really be. I don't know. What kind of outcome did he want? What did he expect? Did he expect us to carry him on our shoulders, and suddenly the government would just collapse all around us? Or does he want somebody to pay? Like, who's going to pay at this point? How many people are involved in this? Who who would make them pay? The United Nations? No. Is this a war crime? Because no. Other countries it's, are being bugged too. Maybe he's hoping for a revolution. What are we going to do? Push down the White House? Or here's a crazy thought I j- literally just now came up with. He wanted to go to the South Pacific, right? That was yeah, his plan. So, yeah. Or South America. Latin America. Yeah. Down there. Down there beautiful there right it's gorgeous sure so his plan was he was gonna leave hong kong and go there so his plan was i'm gonna get my name out there and then i'm gonna go live out the rest of my life in this beautiful area this (laughs) tropical paradise i'm gonna find me a land girl down there i'm gonna love it and then so i think his plan all along was get his name out there and then just live out the rest of his life just loving life But instead, leaving Hong Kong, he's got a layover in Russia, gets screwed. They they canceled his passport. The United States canceled his United States passport. I guess they didn't. He didn't think of everything on his way out. So (laughs) while he he should have done is give him the info. Said, hey, give me like I don't know four or five days before you put you come out with this. Did that? Well, how did that work exactly? They. He left. He left May twentieth, but then it wasn't until June fifth 
that the first headlines were published. I don't think so. I think my understanding is that they were posting stuff or they were putting reports out while they were still there talking to him. Oh. Because they were there <laughs> several days, I think, talking oh. to him. Oh. And while they they were having their talks, that's why they were in Hong Kong. Because I, he was trying to figure out where to set up this meeting. He couldn't do it in America, obviously. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it in Russia because of America, mm-hmm. Russia. He They would automatically assume that he'd been turned by the Russians. So he set up Set it up in Hong Kong. Well, I guess they're they're pretty lenient on federal crimes or government crimes against the government. Yeah. And so they they you know they flew out to Hong Kong. They started doing their thing, and as he was talking to them, they were releasing stuff, and they were getting phone calls like from people like, "Where's this guy at? Where is he?" Like they're trying to figure out where Snowden is. <laughs> so then they finally started tracking his passport. I guess I don't. I assume they just used his real name in the fir- the very first report. I didn't even look oh. at the reports. I should have looked at the reports. No, I I'm didn't. literally the worst investigator ever. <laughs> We've only been doing it for a couple of minutes. That's true. So I guess we're about to wrap it up, right? Yeah, we should. So definitely. Should I give you the happy ending? Oh, all right. The Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah, so, you know... He left his girlfriend. She didn't know what happened to him. She thought he died, this and that. And then by the end of the book, Lindsay comes to visit him. Now, Lindsay is now Lindsay Snowden. Oh, and they live in Russia. She, I mean, she missed him like crazy. Like, honestly, that part of the book was kind of sad because he put in parts of her diary that she allowed him to. She allowed him to put those parts in. But, like, oh, okay. listening... Yeah, he those parts those pages were read. It was like chapter twenty eight, twenty nine, something. The end of the book. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was kind of sad because she was like, I don't know if he's dead. I don't know where he is. Like this isn't like him. This and that. And then by the end, you know, somehow he gets a hold of her. They they get married, and now they live in Russia. Six years in Russia, by the way. <laughs> Happy ending for old Snowden. So at and this he point, just has he has like a. Really- I think it just has like a little three-year visa every time, and they can literally revoke that. Like they don't have to renew it next time. And then what? Well, all right. I I know we we gotta go, but so he <laughs> said he will come back to America if the government will give him a fair jury trial. In his words, they refused. <laughs> so, so time will tell. Yeah. So all right, we won't we won't get into it because I know we gotta get out of here. <laughs> but so yeah, look it up. Watch him on Rogan or listen to him on Rogan. If you like memoirs, listen or read the book. Yeah. I just – I don't like memoirs. I mean it's just not my it was, thing. It was too much biography, too much autobiography for my taste. Yeah, but I mean it's it was well-written. Yeah. I'll say that. It was well-written. But I think we're going to end it here. Let us know your thoughts on this state of uh, illusion of freedom. Pretty on the weird at gmail.com. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Patreon.com slash bring on the weird. Mm-hmm. Hit us on Twitter at bring on the weird. But for now, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it. We'll just slip a break in there somewhere. Yeah, we didn't. This was not our typical recording, but I think no. it might have worked out. I I think so. It's right. not completely a little this, little that. Okay, we were focused, <laughs> very sort of. focused, sort of very focused. All right, stay weird, world. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>